This podcast is brought to you in part by Surewinder, the industry-leading tool for winding residential and commercial springs with a cordless drill. Your business depends upon having the best technicians. Ensure their shoulder health with Surewinder tools. See us at surewinder.com. Hey there, everybody. My name is Hannah. Welcome to another episode of Torsion Talk, the podcast where we talk about the garage door industry and how you can grow your garage door business. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Torsion Talk. Today, I've got a guest that I'm super proud to introduce. Not only do I consider him a friend, but he's also a client of mine. I uh, met him on Facebook, and then uh, we met in person at IDA Expo last year, Indianapolis. And uh, he almost got me to spend hundreds of dollars that I wasn't expecting to uh, simultaneously uh, while we were getting to know each other if I recall the situation correctly. But anyway, uh, we got Greg from Jag and Sons out of Connecticut. Greg, how are you? Good, Ryan. Good to be here. Yeah, good to have you, man. So uh, do you remember you trying to talk me into spending hundreds of dollars? Which was that? I don't refresh my memory. There was a uh, there was like a drill bit. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We bought those. We don't really use them. Do you not? <laughs> Occasionally. They are expensive. But there's like the guy was drilling through everything yeah he was nuts it was like it's a diamond they work so you could drill concrete with it and and steel with it but you got to sharpen them pretty frequently oh really yeah okay i thought they were like diamond uh i don't know I'm gonna forget it never mind so uh you came down yep to hang out i don't even really know why you came down uh, I'm looking to grow a successful business, and you've got one, so oh, I'm looking you. to learn a little bit. I appreciate that, man. I don't feel as successful as I think many people think I am, but oh, you put on a good show. I had a customer tell me the other day. He's like, "How big are you guys?" And I said, "We're I've got like nine or ten employees." And he's like, "Your website and all your marketing makes you seem so much bigger." And I'm like, "That's the goal." So you know, even when we were two or three people, I think we projected that we were significantly bigger. So yeah, I mean, well, I appreciate the compliment, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. I'm fully on board with the success thing yet, but we're working toward it. So um, tell us a little bit about uh, your business and how it got started and how you got pulled into it. Uh, so it's my father's business. He did it for a couple of years before he got hired as a firefighter. And once he got hired, he kind of opened up his own shop. He's been a pretty hardcore tailgater for about 17, 18 years. Um, I never really wanted to, a lot to do with it. He did a lot of things the hard way. Um, you know, always told me to stay in school, and I, I listened to him. And now I'm here doing garage tours. So went to school and still went into yeah, the garage Yeah, and tours. so, but I'm, I'm looking to do it a little differently than the way he did it. You know, buy the good tools, have the nice trucks. So we're going to get into that. Yep. But I want to diagnose some of the story, the backstory first. Sure. Um, when did he start the company? 2001. Okay, how did he learn garage tours? Uh, he did it for another company for a few years. Okay, so he had some experience. Um, and do you guys specialize in residential, commercial, or do you guys do both? We do whatever you call us for. Okay, so keep it simple. Um, and had you always thought that you were going to end up there, or 
Never. <laughs> so what was it like growing up and having your dad run a, a garage door company? Uh, my father's always been a hard worker at this where I get my work ethic from, I think. Um, you know, he always did whatever he had to do to make sure we had what we needed. And so doing that on the side on top of being a firefighter was what he needed to do. So that's what he did. Nice. So he's a firefighter, like, uh, I guess full-time, I guess is what you would call that, right? Because yeah. they work. How do the shifts work there? So currently they're on 24 on, and then they have three days off. Okay. So but one for, 24 and three days off. Correct. So you can fill those three days with pretty much whatever. Yeah. Try to sleep a little bit, time with family, and then right. garage doors. Now, are you a single kid? I have a brother. Okay. Older, younger, older? He's younger. Okay. How much younger? Two years. Is he in the garage door business? Uh, on and off over the years, same as me. He was. Right now, he's not. Okay. Why not? Uh, he's just doing his own thing. What's he doing? Um, Chilling? Yeah. Video games? Uh, whatever. Whatever <laughs> Whatever he wants. Good for him. Yeah, he um, kind of floats. That's all right. Thing. Yeah, he'll find his way. Um, so your dad started it in 2001. He's a firefighter. He's also doing garage doors when he's not firefighting. Um, what is, uh, what is his mentality before you get in? Why was he doing garage doors and what, what is his, what were his goals with the garage door business? Extra money, side money, toys, stay busy. Makes sense. So then you come along. Mm Mm-hmm. And you're like, what, Dad? Let me run your business. How did that work? How that, like share me that conversation? I wasn't happy doing what I was doing. And what were you doing? I was also a firefighter. I was okay. a paramedic, um, you know, which is a stressful job. It wasn't wasn't exactly what I set out to do when I went to become a firefighter, but it was required for me to keep my job. And it got to a point where one day I I decided I didn't want to be miserable anymore. Uh, so I. I stepped away and fell back on the garage doors, and I'm, I'm looking to do more with it than my father ever intended. Uh, in some ways, I think he's happy about that. In other ways, not so much. Yeah, it's a stretch. Keep them working. Yeah. So now it's a family business. Yep. Okay. And how do you guys divide the roles? Uh, so a lot of the new stuff that's happening is, is 100% on me, but that's my choice. I want to do those things. Uh, he does a ton of work in the field. You know, he helps me out uh, with any of the stuff that I'm working on. If he can help me in any way, he does. But he primarily does field work. And so the dynamics between the new kid coming in, right, and trying to learn business as well as implement business strategies where your dad didn't really have that as a part of the plan from the beginning, how do you feel he's – adopting and liking all the changes i have free reign on a lot of things because it's not his it's not his goal it's not something he's looking to do Mm -hmm. um and he doesn't really have a lot to lose if i screw it up yeah that's kind of where we're at i mean because he's got additional income from the yeah he's got additional income he doesn't rely on garage doors to pay his bills like i said it's just extra money um, buy toys, go on vacation. That That's what he does doors for, just I extra money uh, on top of what he's already doing because he's got the time to do it. He's got the knowledge to do it. Okay. So. so good information. So I feel like we're starting to get to current time, like where we're at now. Yep. And so 
you're currently, I saw a job posting yesterday. Is it possible that you're about to hire your third? Uh, it'll be a staff of three once you get that one on, right? Yeah, so we, we have a couple of people that help us out from time to time, but nobody that's dedicated to us. They all have other things in their lives. If they're available, they help us out. Uh, so we, in the last couple of weeks, we've, we've been getting busier and busier. Um, we've been doing stuff. You've been doing some awesome stuff for us online. Uh, and some of that is starting to show on top of the stuff that I've been doing. So in the last couple of weeks, we went from being busy to I'm booking three or four weeks out. So I'm just looking for help. I'm looking for someone that I can rely on. Uh, right now, I think having a helper that we can train makes sense uh, financially. If I had another full-time tech, that would be awesome. But, it, you know, it would have to be someone who's willing to work with us. Yeah. So I understand the stage that you're at right now because I've been there, right? And that leap from, like, owner-operator, like being a one-man show or a two-man show, is really difficult uh, because the decisions aren't strictly based solely on the best interest of the business per se, but you have to also take in consideration your personal life. I read a really good book um, called, I think it was Profit First. And I'm, there I'm was, on my second listen. Yeah, yeah. So I think, I, I don't know if I recommended it to you or whatever, but there's another book that I read also, and they both kind of talk about uh, taking care of the business owner first or like creating a profit. And the other book I think put a big emphasis on, I'm, I'm trying to remember the name. If I remember it, I'll mention it. But uh, if the business owner is struggling, almost always the company will struggle. Right. So I think it's important that you as a business owner are always considerate. However, I've, in two or three instances since starting the company have had to take pay cuts to get the company to the next level. And I know that sucks. Um, and you know, different people are at different stages in their lives and not all people are, are even able to do that. But I know I talked to Tommy a little bit about it and, and he kind of answered that question, but I, I genuinely believe that the sacrifices in the very early stages when you're trying to bring people on are pretty significant. But as you get bigger, those sacrifices become a little bit smaller unless you take a ginormous step forward, right? So if you're, uh, let's say you're 10 employees like me, and let's say I'm talking to an investor who wants to come on and spend $500,000 to help me grow. Now that's a huge risk that could change the whole dynamics, positive or negative, or both in some ways. Where for you, hiring the wrong person is a big deal because you invest a lot of the time you could have spent somewhere else and hiring somebody, getting them trained up. And then if they don't work out or if they end up leaving you to go somewhere else, now you're having to start all over again. And that's a lot of investment into someone. So talk to me a little bit about your mindset you've kicked around the idea of hiring a, like a veteran technician. Now you're hiring for kind of that person. That's the, um, I guess apprentice type person. Walk me through your mindset on that and why you made that decision. Yeah. So I've spent a ton of time and effort and invested a lot of money into myself and the business this year. So I don't have a lot of reserves to back me up. So it's a, it's kind of a scary thing hiring somebody because 
especially if they got a family, I'm paying my mortgage and I'm paying theirs. Yeah. Uh, so if we slow down in the winter, that's that's definitely a huge concern. So hiring uh, an apprentice, I'm going to find somebody that's probably younger, probably someone that doesn't have a family, someone who's not relying on me to, to help pay their bills, which kind of eases my mind a little bit. The other thing is, um, which I know you know this, a lot of people know this, my wife is eight months pregnant. And Congratulations. So, thank you. So Little our, girl, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's scary too. Change your life, man. Oh man, my boys are so excited too. I'm sure. Um, she's gonna be a tough girl. Yeah, a bunch of older brothers. I hope she's like my wife. Yeah, she's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, she's good to me. So, um, yeah, so we have that going on, and so, you know, my income basically needs to go up, not down. Uh, so that's another challenge, and and I'm willing to take that challenge on. Um, and I think hiring an apprentice versus another technician is going to help me get, get there, get where I need to be and also increase my income. So your personal life is influencing your decisions on the business. Huge. Yeah. And that's very typical. Right. And you have to take those things into consideration when making decisions for the business. And so you're in a very tough situation because you can't continue to coast because you need additional income but you're almost at full capacity with your time, right? Over capacity. Over capacity. So the obvious answer is to bring somebody on board. Why did you choose an apprentice who's going to take a little bit more of your time, maybe training up and whatever, but what, what are you looking for in that apprentice to help you that you necessarily didn't like, why did you not want the full time guy and what are you looking for in the apprentice to help save you money, but also make you more efficient? So affordability, trainability, and, you know, and that came from some good advice in part from you and some other people. Um, there's a lot of things that I do that don't require a knowledgeable technician to do. Fuel in my truck, wash in my truck, load in the truck, empty in the truck, you know, um, dump in the, the, we dump our own trash, we dump our own steel. So that all, that's, a couple hours, a few hours every month, every few weeks that I don't need to do. So to free me up to be able to do some of the more important things. And then along the lines of that, I can also train this person to kind of fill my role in some of the easier installs. Yep. Safety sensors. Yep. Even driving. People make fun of me because I have a driver. I think that's great. There's but, so much stuff that I could get done while I'm driving. You yeah. try to, you take a phone call. How do I write it down while I'm driving? You can't do it. So I'm still an owner operator, and and in some aspects, I'm more busy in the field than others. But there'll be weeks where I don't go into the field at all for the most part, and then there'll be weeks where I'm really busy in the field. But when I'm in the field, I like to have somebody driving me because I'm on my laptop, I'm banging out emails, I'm working, I'm taking care of things that I wouldn't be able to take care of if I was driving. And so um, I really feel like a $10 an hour apprentice or assistant or something to even drive you around is huge because let's say, for example, I pay them $50 for the day, but I got back you know, I got five hours of my time that would have been completely wasted me sitting in the driver's seat of a truck on my way to and back from an appointment. That five hours, I can accomplish so much stuff that it literally makes no sense. I mean, I would probably pay more than $50, but $50 is a win. And it's not hard to find people, in my opinion, to be able to drive and help out with little odds and ends stuff for 10 
11 12 an hour so i think this is the right decision for you at this moment in time and i'm really excited to see how it works out hopefully you get the right person the first time and i think the biggest issue with those 10 to 12 an hour guys is showing up like a lot of those guys are just not motivated or they're really young and don't have the business ethics to understand how important it is to show up on time. So I think, uh, when hiring, like I I would like to have this conversation with you. There's some, uh, conversations going on about, uh, I think there was one, I don't remember what group it was in. Maybe it was the deplorables group, but somebody had asked about hiring. Yeah. There's so many now. Um, so I, I use a software called workable. Um, next door app is a great place to post your, uh, job listings and then Facebook. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Facebook being able to post a job and then, uh, I'll run ads targeting, uh, the people that I either want to hire or our current customers, uh, because who better to refer someone than somebody who loves your company already anyway. So, those are my three ways. And then I'll obviously ask my staff, do you guys know anybody? Because we pay like a little bonus. So if somebody refers someone to us and we hire them and they're here for, I think 90 days, we pay them, uh, the, the employee who referred that person. So it's a lot cheaper to find people that are referrals than it is to go out and advertise a bunch and get 50,000 resumes and have to go through them. So, um, on that topic, those would be three good ways to advertise for that position. Um, and we talked about workable a little bit too, and that's that's a monthly fee, which is, it is a monthly fee that I, I can't carry right now, but it yeah. sounds like an awesome program. But for Facebook and especially referral, most of our all of our work up until recently has been referral work. Uh, and there's a lot to be said for that, you know, as far as what we offer and as far as what our customers offer to us, and so. You know, one, one of the things I really like about you is the way you treat your employees and for you to offer them, say, hey, listen, you know, we have a good relationship. If you know somebody that you think is going to be a good fit here, that person that they're bringing in, I think, has, is going to have a higher success rate than someone that you find Absolutely. wherever. Um, and the fact that you're willing to say, you know, not just ask your employees, hey, do you know somebody, but you're going to throw them a couple bucks for doing it. That's awesome. Yeah, I think it's huge. So when you're back home so you're gonna leave here you're gonna go back home give me a day in the life of greg on monday it's a long day it's a long day so uh up until recently uh i've been getting my kids on the bus last year my younger son doesn't get on the bus till 8 30 so my day doesn't start until 8 39 9 30 sometimes and i go pick up my doors clopay's right in the town i live in uh, but i spend too much time there in the morning most days are they um, staging for you or are you are they pulling everything when they you do there? way too much volume to do that really yeah way too much volume. i don't believe that well from one service bay <laughs> door yeah oh they only have one door they only use one oh. they got three or four they only use one that sucks man yeah it's tough we have a good relationship with the people there um you know there's a lot of things i like about them and there's some things i don't you know the company itself but it works for us right now logistically so i'm gonna go off on a little bit of a rabbit trail i don't mean to interrupt you but distribution centers in my opinion there's only two things i really need them to do like i need you to get the order right mm-hmm. and i need you to get me out of there at a, at a reasonable amount of time right 
for whatever reason, those are the two things that most distributions are not good at. Are not good at. <laughs> like, how is that even possible, right? Like you got two jobs. Yeah. In like, our case, they're they're doing too much. They're they're understaffed. Yeah. Most of them are understaffed. Don't have the processes. Like, that's my opinion. That's a big thing. The processes. If they could streamline a little bit better, it would make their jobs easier. They wouldn't have to be taken on other tasks that they're not supposed to be doing. So we do, um, we have a process here where we'll actually email the distribution center like the day before and be like, hey, we're coming to pick up XYZ PO. And, uh, you know, we would really appreciate it if you had it staged before we get there. Well, I just learned recently that Clopay does that. I don't think a lot of people know that they do that. And I think if a lot of people knew they did that, I don't know if it would help or hurt them, honestly. But they say if you give them 24 hours notice, they'll have you out in 24 minutes. Yeah. So that's what we do. And it works most of the time. And I didn't even know they did that. Yeah. You got to let them know. I don't think anybody knew they Save did yourself that. some time. Have that new guy tell them. Yep. So you just let him know, hey, email. Or you could do it from the passenger seat while he's driving. Yeah. Bingo. <laughs> Figured it out. All right. So day in the life. So you, you got the kids. Yep. That's a lot, man. Yeah, it's been a lot. And so it's your wife's already gone. She's at work. Yeah, because her job is not flexible. Mine is. And... You know, but that's a blessing. It's yeah. a blessing and curse doing what yeah. we do, right? Because I mean, there's certain things that call for us to be distracted away from our family at certain times, but then there's sometimes that flexibility where we have the opportunity to do stuff like that, which is nice. Yeah, it's tough to start the day that late doing what we do. One one positive thing that someone brought up to me recently though was if you're on a shop that closes at four o'clock in the afternoon, you're missing customers that need you to come between four and six or four and seven or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of a positive thing. There's not a lot of people that can't work around that, but that is one positive thing to start in later. Um, but yeah, so right now my day, you know, I've been staying up late and working, but I, I, I know that I get more done in the morning. So I'm trying to go to bed earlier. So lately I've been getting up at like 5am. I'll do some computer work for about an hour my first kid gets up at six. I make sure that he gets everything going. Go spend another about a half hour on the computer. My other son gets up at seven. Get him out the door at eight. I'm out on my way to Clope to start my day. Uh, and that's, you know, I finish anywhere between three and, and six at night. And then I get home, spend some time with the family, and then I'm, I'm back on the computer. You know, I'm doing, I'm doing a lot of stuff to try and grow the business. So my time... I have time in the field and then I have a lot of time behind the scenes and I'm doing above and beyond just invoicing and quoting. Right. Uh, you know, we, we're using the dispatch program. I got to learn how to use that. Who are you using? Uh, Jobber. How do you like it? I like it. Um, one of the, one of the biggest things I don't like about it is not being able to search my customers. QuickBooks, I can start typing a phone number and it will populate the list. And let you search. I could search by name and address. At wow. least as far as I haven't had the time to sit down and, and I got you. learn more about it, which I need to do. Yeah. Um, but as far as I know, I can only search by name and address. And sometimes I only have a phone number. Sometimes yeah. I only have a city. Sometimes, I, you know. Somebody what, will what call can I, and yeah, start what, talking to you. All right, I'm ready to move forward. And you don't want to ask their name. Exactly. Exactly. Nice. So if yeah. I know this person, I don't know your name, but I know you're from Trumbull, Connecticut. I could start typing it in and I'll, I recognize that. I know exactly who right. we're dealing with which I can't really do with Jobber. So there's that. Um, Are you doing all your quotes in Jobber? Uh, I'm trying to. Yes and no. I'm still learning the system. Overall, I think it's a really great program. I, I have a lot of 
I, I started with something I don't like. There's a lot of things I do like about it. How were you guys doing quotes before you went to just QuickBooks? QuickBooks. Mm-hmm. So you would go to a job site, measure, talk to them about what door they want, and then you'd go back and do the quote out of QuickBooks. Yeah. Uh, so what I'm trying to work towards now is doing as much on site as possible. Uh, I ideally, ideally, I want to show up to your house, sell you a door, and leave with a deposit. Money. That's the ideal situation. Heck uh, yeah, that's I'm, my ideal situation too. Every yeah. time, hundred percent. Yeah, so that's a very low percentage right now for me because it's another thing I'm working on is is sales. I've spent a ton of time working on myself. I'm in a com- completely out of my comfort zone. Um, if you asked me to sit down and do this with you a year ago, I would have said, heck no, man. I wouldn't even, like, I'm a little nervous. I'm still a little nervous, even though we've been talking for a little bit. Really? But I would never even consider sitting down to do this. That's funny. Um, I've found that there's a lot of things that I'm capable of doing that I, I never thought I would even try. So it's been, it's been a fun, it's been a fun ride. That's one of my favorite things about you is, you know, I found out that you didn't know accounting, but you knew you you couldn't afford to hire somebody to do it. So you went and took classes to learn. Uh, you don't really think you know sales, so you're investing in yourself to try to learn sales. You don't know marketing, but, you know, you try to pick my brain every single time we talk about yeah. ideas, and I love that. Like, I, I love... I love how hungry you are. You're a sponge. And I think too many people get to the point where they feel like they know it all and they stop learning. I mean, I do marketing. That's what I do. It's who I am. But I know that marketing changes. Um, I think when you look at marketing as a whole, it's constantly evolving. So there's technically not any experts unless you're constantly learning. And so... I pride myself on trying to stay on top of things and learn. And I, I think it's really cool to see you and the evolution of Greg uh, just in the small amount of time that I've seen you. I, you you come off very self-aware, very humbled, confident at the same time, uh, confident in the fact that you know you can learn it, maybe a little less confident in the time that you have to learn it. Yeah. So – um, I appreciate the compliment. Yeah, I really? mean, dude, it's impressive to watch because not a lot of people put that much effort into being great, and I think that that's why you're going to be successful. Well, I haven't, and I've said this to you before. I haven't given myself the option to fail. Yeah. That, that's it. I mean, I, there's, it's not a choice, so I got to do whatever I got to do. So, talking about learning stuff, um, you and I have talked a little bit about the education system and stuff like that, and that's a whole lot. We could we, yeah. could, we could do a whole, a whole series of podcasts on that. On that. Uh, so one one quote that I I came across within the past few months is by Albert Einstein, uh, at least online. It says he said it. I don't know if he actually mm-hmm. did. Education is not the learning of facts, but the training of the mind to think. And that is me to a T because I forget stuff. I'm not great at remembering stuff. Um, so building on facts is is not the way that I learn. But I've come to find that if I just continually learn, I'm training my brain to think. And so even if I don't remember how to do something, if I've trained a way to think, I could figure it out again. I love it. That's, that's kind of where right. I'm at. And that's why I try to, like, smart people in my life, I try to hang out with them so that I can see how they think. I'm not trying to learn what they learn. I'm trying to learn how they learn. That's huge. Yeah. And that's why I flew out to 
hang out with Kyle because I believe Kyle's a freaking genius at what he does. Not because he knows a lot, but because he can figure things out. He can figure stuff out. He can figure anything out. Like, I genuinely believe if you gave him the most jacked up, heaviest, biggest garage door in the world, he could probably figure it out in less than 15 minutes, like, how to fix it. And I, I went there to try to figure out the process of how his brain works that way. And I came back here and I was better for it. Yeah. And so I, I, I'm a huge believer in the true or not true quote from. <laughs> I so. think he said it. <laughs> well, listen, it, it cost me money to be here. It cost me time to be here. I get a ton of stuff going on at home, but the value of this trip is uh, you can't put a number on it. So what have you learned so far? <sighs> I I can't even put it into words. Just watching you guys work and seeing what you guys do, seeing the amount of things that you have your hands in. Um, one one thing that I've I've tried to tell myself is there's certain things that I didn't think I could do. Um, you know, I follow I follow all the different Facebook pages, and and so I'll see job postings, and I'll look and see like what are people offering to potential hires. Right. And so you see a lot of negativity everywhere in life. And I'll look at stuff and I'll say, okay, what is this guy offering? What is Ryan Lucia offering for a job? Okay. So he's offering X amount of dollars in benefits. I can do that. And then I got to figure out how. Yeah. Right. And so coming to watch you work has been, has been awesome. Um, you know, working with your guys on my SEO stuff, meeting someone in person versus talking to them over the phone is a totally different ball game. Absolutely. Different level of respect. It's a different level of, um, it's a different relationship and, and just that coming down here for that has been huge. That's awesome. Very cool. If you have one takeaway on the garage door side, what so far, I mean, you've only been here for like almost 24 hours. What, what's your one, what's the one takeaway that you got? Um, eat, sure. good, <laughs> eat good lunches, <laughs> eat good lunches. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Tough to say, man. There's there's a lot of good things I got in my head right now. Putting them all together is is the I got to work on. Okay, you know, I'm working I'm working harder than I need to, and I'm I'm probably not charging enough to do it. I would say I probably agree with yeah, that. So I, I think I think reinforcing that in in my head, which I already knew, but but having other people tell me is is huge. Yeah. Um, and and seeing it on a whiteboard or seeing it, you know, hearing it from other people, that that's huge. And so that's one thing I'm going to take home with me for sure. And, and really, really work at good deal. Well, um, what are your goals? What's your vision for Jag over the next three, five and 10 years? I'm going to finish answering that other question first time. Okay. Time is probably the biggest takeaway value of my time and delegating and making sure I'm doing the things that matter the most. Uh, so my goals, what are my goals? Um, every, I have to stop and look at my goals all the time because. Hey guys, have you heard of a company named Somer? Somer builds some of the best openers on the market, which are all produced in Germany. They've busted on the scene here recently. And for good reason, they offer tons of flexibility. I'll give you a few reasons why this diehard LiftMaster fan, me, started buying Somer operators recently. The Somer team here in the U.S. provides excellent customer service and had all the answers to my questions. Roman and Andy, the U.S. reps, they're easy to deal with. The rail for this operator is in the box. Talk about space saving. 
Somer can solve so many problems that others can't. My experience has been amazing, and I challenge you to try Somer out yourself. Somer has some amazing deals for our listeners. To learn more about these promotions, call Somer at 704-424-5787. Use coupon code TORSIONTALK. You can also visit them online at somer-usa.com. Every, I have to stop and look at my goals all the time because I see that I'm not really achieving what, what I have in my mind, but when I really think about it, my goals evolve every day. Yeah. Um, so it, it, in some ways, it's almost unattainable what, what I'm looking to do. You know, they say reach for the stars. I almost kind of say like, you know, I agree with that to an extent, but I don't have a specific goal in mind. I just know that my goal tomorrow is going to be bigger than what my goal today is. It's good. And at some point that's going to come to, you know, I expect that to come to a point where I'm, I'm satisfied. That may never happen. Most likely not. I just keep working at it. <laughs> that's how we're built, right? Right. I mean, yeah. It's almost hard to be satisfied when you're trying to achieve so much. I kind of look at it one and perspective for me is huge. And, and so one of the ways I've looked at it over the past year or so, one of my goals, one of the things I've, I've, I've kind of looked at is how many families do I want to feed? Cause I'm not running a business to have, I don't want a cog in the machine. Um, I want people who respect me, who rely on me. I want people I can rely on. Um, you know, there should be a mutual trust. I, I want to, I don't want to provide you food, right? That's not what I'm saying by feed yeah. families. I want to provide you an environment that's going to allow you to be the best you and to, and to do the most that you can for your family. That's cool. So what do you like? Let's, let's get back on the goals thing. Sure. Like a tangible goal three years from now, what does Jag look like? Um, I would say, you know, we're look we're looking to hire a helper right now, an apprentice. Um, you know, ideally, you know, the first person we find ideally is going to be the one, right? You yeah. know, probably not. You know, I, I anticipate having to go through some people, but in the next three or so years, I'd like to have one or two of those people come on and be able to put them in their own trucks and have them start training other people. I would say three years from now, I'd like to have at least two guys on the road that I can rely on to do all of the work. That's awesome. I think you can. I mean, what knowing what I know, how you guys have gotten almost all of your business from repeat and referral to date and the things that we're working with you on, on marketing. I mean, I genuinely think once all the marketing starts to hit really hard uh, and you start to see the return on investment on that, I think it's going to be huge for you guys. Yeah. So I know we can get referrals. We're, we already have that. Um, one of the issues is our referrals are, are a certain customer base and, and they're all getting referred from people who we've, you know, my father's, friend, neighbor, family, yeah. helping people out. Um, you they know, want people, the friend discount. Yeah, but they're also not looking for hiring products. They're just looking to have a working door at a good price. And, and so we do that. And Is so, that your area? Are you, do you, are you guys in a blue-collar environment? So Connecticut is uh, one of the, I guess I'll say good things about Connecticut is the variety of people that are there. So there is a, a huge... Um, there's a huge range of, of customers and we're only working with one type of customer right now. And so once we break that threshold to start working with other customers, 
I know that they're going to refer us to other customers like them. That's what we're looking for. I want you to call me up. I want someone that is looking for a full view door and they want to put it on a high lift so they could park, you know, two cars underneath each other in their right. garage. Like I like doing stuff like I that. I do too. That's awesome. But you're stuck in the garage because you're going to be the one installing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's nice because you can use those for marketing, but it's bad because you spend a whole lot of time actually doing that work and you're not out selling right. and growing the company while you're installing it because of the fact that you guys just don't have the staff to be able to delegate that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a hard position to be in. But when you guys do officially break through, it's a magical moment <laughs> and it feels really good. Like, I think you're going to look back three years from now, if you keep pushing like you are, I think you're going to look back three years from now and you're going to be like, wow, like where we've come from, this is huge. And I'm super pumped to watch it and be part of it. I think it's exciting. Appreciate that. Um, so five years, five years from now, what does JAG look like? Uh, well, we're looking at, you know, we're always keeping different things in the back of our mind. Uh, one, one goal that I have for myself um, is to own the property that we work out of. I want to own a property. I want to rent it. Right. So I want, I want our own space. I want rentals to pay the mortgage. Uh, you know, and I hope to, I hope to be there within five years. Nice. All right. 10 years. What does Jag look like? 10 years, multiple locations. I'm not talking, you know, multiple States. I'm just thinking like cover a bigger part of Connecticut, maybe, maybe cross the border into a couple other States, um, multiple locations or, one one thing that I think is huge that a lot of companies don't do is I'm looking to solve as many problems as possible. When when I come out, if there's an issue with your floor, if the floor is cracked, I want to be able to say, hey, I got a guy. Um, you know, you could refer somebody. I'd like to bring some of that stuff in-house. I'd like to do different things. I'd like to have someone that could do framing. I want to cover 100% of your garage. So just the garage guy. We don't just do doors. We you know, do whatever. shelving. We do yeah. like the, um, I've got those, I mean, it's basically angle iron drops, um, overhead storage. Mm -hmm. I've got that in my house. Um, but my wife's been banging on me for four years to paint the floor with the epoxy stuff. I got a guy for that. Yeah. So, I mean, like these are all things that we absolutely easily could do. Right. Yep. Um, and I think but, we, we get so stuck in the fact that, it's a garage door and, but I mean, there's pros and cons to that, right? Yep. You spread yourself thin, you offer too much, you lose the customer. Um, you overwhelm them with too many options. So you got to be really smooth about it. I think that if you had, you could automate all that too, by the way. Like if you, let's say for example, you had a database of customers you sold doors to, you could literally set it up. Like if you already had all that taken care of um, with a drip campaign and email, you know, uh, one month after we install the door, send out an email that says, hey, and this could be done like in MailChimp or whatever if your current system doesn't do it. Hey, by the way, did you know we do epoxy flooring? A couple pictures, call us for a quote. You know, hey, did you know six months out we do overhead storage? Sell and install. You know what I'm saying? Like 
and some of that stuff, the customers that the customers that we're looking to get in front of, we want to keep the customers we have because that that's how we got where we are. We like those customers, but we're looking to to spread ourselves out and deal with other people, different people, um, people who not necessarily want you know a quality job at a good price. We're looking for people who want the next best product, who want right. the nicest store out there, who want. Who wants you to be able to offer like to paint their garage floor or at least have provide somebody to do that um i want to be able to, to charge good prices but i want there to be a reason for it i want to have i want it to have value for the customer we're not looking to overcharge you to rip you off i want you to pay for quality and attention to detail i want you to call us because you know we're going to do it right um and so to, to have different people in my pocket to go out and this is one of my things, this is one of the things I'm learning. And so to go out and they say, you know, if there's some framing issues, well, I don't really know how to do that much extensive framing. I don't really know any guys that do it either. So I, I get a call around. So it's finding the people to do that stuff that I trust and rely on. I right. want, if you ask me if I'm there for your house and I don't want to just say, oh yeah, I can do that. And then call somebody out of the yellow pages or Google it, find somebody. Do I you... want to have relationships with people that I trust, either, you know, work back and forth with each other. There are certain things that I think would be good to bring in house. Yeah. Um, and then there are other things that would be more appropriate just to have a good business relationship with or subcontract. So do you guys, let's say, for example, somebody called you out and said, I have a carport. Mm-hmm. Um, is that what you're talking about, framing it in? Uh, so New England, compared to a lot of the rest of the country, is very old. Okay, we have termite damage, we have frost heaves, we have damaged garage floors. It's frost heaves. Frost heave. So like when the ground freezes, if your if the base of your garage, if the floor is not solid, if it's too thin or or if you have a high water table and the ground freezes, it will heave the concrete up and crack it. Oh, wow. So we have and we have we do a ton of extension springs because we have old garage doors and there's a lot of old garage doors on extension springs. When I put a new door in if your floor is not level, I will sell you a door with extension springs because so it'll close. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, it's just one thing that we contend with. That's you know, crazy. We have, I mean, we're probably a little bit spoiled here in the Atlanta market. Huge base of homes that are built from the 80s up. Some of the older homes in the, like, uh, suburbs or 70s. I mean, when you get into Atlanta, it's a completely different story, right? But outside of Atlanta, I would say majority of the homes, especially in this area, I mean, you got like downtown Buford, where the homes are super old, like 30s, whatever. But when you get out of that, it's all suburbs, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s. So for the most part, I mean, very little head, like very rarely do we bump into low headroom. That's like half what we do. Yeah, I mean, uh, I and I've been out to California, and I've been out. He's got it worse than me. Yeah, I mean, there's some crazy openings. Like I remember when I went out to California to see um, uh, my partner and um, Larry Aaron overhead doors out there. He trained me, and we literally walked into. I'd never seen this before. We walked into a garage where he was hired to install an opener. The garage door opening was like, uh, you know, normal, but the walls on the inside actually slanted in. So it was really weird. You can only park one car in there crooked. Yep. 
And I was like, dude, what the heck? Like, I had never seen anything like this before in my life. And he's like, this is just normal here. And I'm like, wow, like, it's crazy, <laughs> like, the stuff that they had to deal with. So I took it as an advantage because I learned in that environment and then came back here and everything's almost cookie cutter. And so I'm like, oh, this is pretty easy. So when I did see difficult installs, I was already prepared for it. And I learned how Larry looked at it and I was able to apply that here. And so I'm not scared of difficult stuff. It's not uncommon for us to go look at a job where someone's like, I've had five other companies say they couldn't do this. And I'm like, Psh, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, we're going to do it. <laughs> like, There's a way. I got this. There's usually we'll a way. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, so that's, uh, that's kind of my thing. I enjoy the more difficult jobs. I'm tired of doing the eight by seven Pandor um, or the 16 by seven Pandor short panel raised. Like I hate that. I want to do exotic doors. I want to do glass doors. I want to do the high end stuff. But I got to also know my audience. Like, that's not the majority, right? right? So I want volume and I want quality. And so I'm working. I'm trying to work both. But I, I genuinely, if I never did a short panel raised door again, I'd be happy. <laughs> I would love to just do the Accent Series doors. I just sold one of the uh, Sterling doors from CHI. I'm excited about that. Um, custom wood doors from Ranch House. We sell those. Like just whatever, right? Like I, I love that. I love the exotic. One of the one of the biggest advantages that I've I've had this year is getting involved, just being a part of the industry. I spend way too much time on Facebook, but I learn so much and I get new ideas. I see new products. I see the way people are doing things. I could see the way things are happening in California without ever having without even yeah. ever having been there, which is awesome. Awesome. Um, you know, but also learning the products. So, you know, my father being in part-time business and helping out friends and family, you know, he's just showing up and he's, he's putting in those raised panel doors. That's what people are asking him for. Um, but to, to get out there and see comparing the product that I have now and every product has, has good things and bad things about them. Right. And so some of the shortfalls of the products that I sell that I can't really get behind, because when you sell something, you got to believe in it. Right. Yeah. So there are certain things that I can't get behind. And, and so I've realized that's the reason why I'm not selling certain doors. Um, but learning other products, like there are certain overlay doors that are done by CNC and they could replace just one section. Whereas I've only ever known it that if a section gets damaged, door. you either got to replace the whole door or you got to get a blank section and, and glue it. the stuff on yourself, which yeah. sounds like a nightmare. When I ordered, like when we first went to Clopay about replacement section and they told us that they would send us the section and the boards and the glue. And I was like, what uh, kind of, what kind of I'm liability good. warranty issues do you have with that? You got to go out there and glue it. And then I they, didn't do it. I'm not going right. to do it. I mean, that's not, I mean, no offense to Clopay, but, I mean, I'm trying to buy a door that's already put together. If I wanted to be the manufacturer, I'd freaking build one here, right? Yeah, like, I agree. I mean, they, I agree. But at the same time, I understand their stance, right? Because you've got you've got to protect yourself. And if you manufacture this section and it's slightly off, those overlaid doors, I mean, you can really tell if it's an eighth of an inch off. It looks oh, yeah. bad. So, I mean, I understand why they do it. But, I mean, if, you're, if your manufacturing was extremely consistent, wouldn't that solve the problem? That comes right there. We're back to the volume <laughs> thing, right? We're back to the volume thing. Right. So they, they do a ton of volume. 
But I'm not just picking on Clope. Yeah. I mean, no, I know. It, yeah, you're right. It really is. I mean, I get, I've gotten sections. Uh, I think one of the things that frustrates me is we really only sell overlay doors from CHI. I really like them. Um, here, it's not uncommon to pull through a neighborhood and see like boards flexing off of the overlay. On CHI? Of, no, like others. Yeah. There's Well, there's a massive amount of companies here in new construction that build their own doors on top of like pan doors. They, they'll build the overlay on top of pan doors. And uh, I mean, you'll go in these neighborhoods and the boards are like falling off and bowing and like some doors that they've already fallen off. You can just see the glue that was on there. And we're in a brutal area for overlays. Like it's really hard. I mean, you're, you're experiencing tons of humidity, heat. I mean, you got to experience Georgia heat uh, yesterday. Yeah. You guys thought it was cool. It was 94 degrees. And I'm sitting here like, man, this is nice. It's not too hot. We haven't had nineties for, we did have one, one off day this week in Connecticut, but we haven't had weather like you got here today for a few weeks. So it was hot. And so it's October 4th. Today's going to be, I think, in the 90s. Yesterday was in the 90s. Um, I think it was like 60-something yesterday in Connecticut. That's crazy. I, I think that's cold to me. But That's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> 75, year-round, 80. 75, 80, like, I would really like that. That's nice. Uh, when I went to Hawaii, uh, it was super cool because for whatever reason, I don't know if this was just my experience or this is other people's experience, but I'd be on the beach and right when it would get about 85 degrees, it would just start misting. Like it wasn't even rain. It was like mist. It was the weirdest thing. And it was almost like God saying, I think you're getting too hot. I'm just going to fan you a little bit. I'm like, this is what like living on an exotic island feels like. This is where I want to be. So I've always had this desire to go to Hawaii every year since I went, but I haven't been back. So do you get to go on vacations? Um, not really. Do you have, do you, <laughs> let me ask you this straight up. Like, yeah. Do you have any hobbies or friends that you hang out with, or are you just too busy? Uh, no, I yeah, I've got I play guitar a little bit. I when I've seen some of these guys, like I posted a video the other day, just to, yeah, and and it, it took a couple of takes to get to get that right, and it's only a piece of the song. Some of these guys posting some awesome stuff. Yeah, um, I can't play any instruments. Yeah, none. Yeah, maybe the uh, harmonica harmonica. I, like I've played the harmonica before. And I can make some things sound good, but it, like you guys probably wouldn't believe it, but I think it sounds good. Yeah, I also sing in the it. shower. Um, yeah, no. And so, what do you do on your spare time other than play music? I mean, do you do that often? Um, a couple nights a week, if, you know, as as much as I can. Sometimes I'll go a couple weeks. You actually learn a little bit by not playing. I find. You know, I'll get stuck on like one part of a song and then I won't find the time to play for two or three weeks. I'll pick it up and it's just like I just magically learn how to play. It's a little muscle memory and, and yeah. just taking that time off makes a difference, which is kind of cool. Um, I, when it comes to music, playing instruments is like a completely different language to me. It, it is like its own language. I am I I am unteachable when it comes to instruments. For whatever reason, I have a brain block. And so I've tried playing the piano, whatever, 
my wife, she's decent, but she's definitely not gifted in that area. We spit out this kid that we've got now. No joke, dude. Asher, did you listen to the podcast from the other day? Uh, yesterday. Got, we released it yesterday. I started it on the on the car ride here from the airport, but I ended up taking a few phone calls. And Listen, it, it this kid is five years old. He's been playing the piano since he was two. Really? Yes. We took him to, I called around. Nobody would see him at two years old. So one lady uh, here locally was like, oh, I'll see him. And she's Russian. And she's really, like, firm. So um, I she's like, I took him over there, and she, like, prepped me, right? She's like, I just want to be honest with you. And her accent, obviously, she doesn't sound like a southern chunky white boy. Um, but she said, I get a lot of parents who think their kids are really good. Like, all of you guys feel that way. And she's like, don't be upset if he's not what you think he is. And I'm like, I have no expectations. Like, I know he's good because I hear him playing song. Like, he'll, he'll like, his little TV shows, he'll watch them and then go in the, the room where the piano's at and play the freaking song. It's taken me a lot of effort to be able to pick up notes. Like, I could read tabs and, and play along like that, but to pick up notes and recreate it, that's, that's a talent. I mean, my wife spent, well, anyway, I'll finish that story. So she sits down, she's like, oh, what's your favorite song, Asher? And he's like, you know, I think he's like two he might have just turned three, like somewhere on that range. He's like, twinkle, twinkle, little star. And she's like, okay. So she plays a little bit, and then he plays a little That's bit. That's awesome. And then she's like, she looks at him. She's like, okay. So she does something a little bit more challenging, and he does it. And she looks at us, and then she looks back at him, and she's like, okay, does something else, and then he does it. And she just gets up, and she's like, you got it. You got the one. He's a musical genius. That's and awesome. And he can play by ear. And very rarely do the parents actually have what they think they have, and you've got it. Yeah. And so um, he's extremely talented, and uh, we haven't done anything with it, but we're about to sign him up for with that lady uh, for piano lessons uh, here shortly. So I just think that's a really cool. Like I'm fascinated by people who can just pick up a guitar and play it. I've got a guitar. I've played it. It doesn't sound anything like it's supposed to. But it's always the things that you're not good at that you wish you were, yeah. and that's me with like a. But the cool thing guitar. about music is you could start anytime. You oh, yeah. could just check it oh, out. I've pick started. It up. Yeah. I just still suck. Yeah. Well, keep keep you know pick it up every once in a while. I gotta figure it yeah. out. I gotta figure it out. My eight year old is it maybe not on the same level as as yours there, but when he was six, so he was like five and a half. He started saying, "Oh, I want to try drums. I want to try drums." And he's a five and a half year old. You take him seriously when they want to play drums, like. Right. But he asked long enough that I finally, we got him an electronic drum set for his birthday. It was a little bit more than a real drum set, but we got him a set of headphones. We got a speaker for it so he could play for people, but he played it on the headphones, which was awesome. Yeah. Quiet. Um, and so we took him to a place in our town and we talked to the guy and, and he's like, yeah, he goes, six is really, really young. He goes, I usually don't start anybody that young. He goes, but bring him in. We'll try him out. And then, like the first lesson, he was following along what, what he was being taught. And then when he went back the next week, he remembered it. Um, which was really, That's really an accomplishment in and of itself. This kid, kid that age, this kid, I got, he, he's, you know, I, I really like music and, and when it's just me and him in the car, we crank it, man. He's got some songs that he likes and, and he likes it loud. We crank it. It's a lot of fun. That's awesome. 
But so he went and he took these lessons for a few months. And, and so people would start asking him, oh, you play drums? How's drums? And they'd ask him to play stuff. And so he kind of got like a little self-conscious about it, tired of hearing about it. He dropped it. I was like heartbroken. Um, but he just, we just started talking about it again. And he's just, he signed up to start on Saturday to go check it out again. So I'm really That's pumped really about cool. that. But fact, I think we're, where do we leave off of vacation and stuff? So we, we do make some trips. We don't go to like Hawaii or anything crazy like that. But, um, my, my closest friend moved down to North Carolina like six years ago. And so usually what we'll do is our April breaks usually line up. So we'll go meet somewhere for a week. Um, and we've been doing that for a few years, which is really, really awesome. Um, we do some road trips, you know, it's cheaper than flying for people anywhere right. and, and stuff like that. And we, we drove out to see my wife's grandmother a couple of years ago. So we drove out to Kansas City, Missouri. Um, my kids got to see two Great Lakes. They crossed the time zone. Um, they did like they did like 14 states in, in a week because when we got home, my parents took them to to like New Hampshire or whatever. And so they, we say stopped to see family in Massachusetts. So they literally stopped and stayed in like a lot of states in that one trip, which was That's really cool. cool. Like I told my kids, like, you guys, like, this is really cool. Like, this is my first time being in a new time zone. Right. You're eight and 12. Or, yeah. the, you know, they were like, they were younger, like six and 10, whatever. Like, this really cool. And they kind of appreciate it. You're kind of forced to spend the time in the car together. You talk about things, things come up. You, you know, people get a little punchy after driving for a while. Yeah, it's just sure. kind of, it's kind of a fun trip. And you take duct tape. <laughs> it gets rough. My kids are really good in the car and, and my wife is awesome. We get along really well. So it, it, you know, it's, it's a little stressful from time to time, but it tends to be a really fun trip, even though it's, you know, excessive amount of driving. It's still a lot of fun. But we, you know, we are we are hoping to be able to take one of those nice vacations soon. I'm working towards that. So, when you aren't at home with the wife yeah. and the kids or working, that's pretty much it. I mean, you don't have friends <laughs> that you hang out with. Uh, I do, I do, and and actually now some of them are garage door friends. Oh, nice. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, because so, from the groups or. Yeah, actually. Um, one one of the two guys that are local to me that I hang out with all the time now, our kids actually went to pre-K together, but we never really cool. we never really talked much, just, you know, picking up the kids at the end of the day. It was usually his wife that was there, and I wasn't doing garage doors full-time. And and so um, it's uh, Tin Man, Jim oh, yeah. Jim Krubra and, and Matt Schreier. Such a small world. Yeah, so. Um, <clears throat> that me. seems to win every single time there's a drawing on social media. Yeah, it's fixed. I think it is. I guarantee it's fixed. It's it. Oh, that's funny. But so Matt had Matt had some deplorable stickers printed up, and and I was like, oh, cool. Like he's like it's two towns over from me. Like I'll go meet him and pick up some stickers. And yeah. then so I met him up, met up with him, and and we hang out all the time, um, which is awesome. You know, because like I said, I had I had that one really good friend and moved down to North Carolina. And my other really close friend is is close by, but he's got as much stuff going on as I do. Um, so, you know, I have some, I have some pretty close family members, cousins, we get together pretty regularly. That was one thing that my, um, my grandmother, you know, we would do dinner with her every once in a while. We were doing it every week, which I could get back to that. I feel bad, but, um, you know, she, she had five or six siblings and they still, they play cards once a week, every week, they always get together. And so that was her advice to her children was stay close. Yeah. And so, and so we really do that. So we do spend a considerable amount of time with family, 
you know, we get together. I have, I have my cousins are around my age, so it's a lot of fun. They have there, kids too. So there is no such thing as a work life balance. No, there's not. I mean, I, 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 ha- I tried to accomplish that. Look, Adrian's looking at me. Like, Whatever, <laughs> man. I tried to accomplish that for so long, and I was so unhappy because I felt like a failure, and I had a guilt about it. And someone told me, he said, how in the world do you create balance in an unbalanced situation? And I said, what do you mean? I said, well, think about it. He said, there's 24 hours in a day. He said, how much do you sleep? I said, about six-ish hours. Mm -hmm. He said, okay, so now there's, what, 18 hours left. He said, how long do you work? I said, roughly 12. And he said, okay, so now there's four hours left. He said, even if you spent all four of those hours with your family, there's no way it's balanced, right? Because you're only four of the 24 hours. Balance is when you have an equal amount on both sides. Yeah. So he said, what I do is I take one hour for myself and three hours for my family. And he says, I do everything in my power to make sure that I spend those three hours with my family every single day. And he said, that's the goal. He said, that's what I try to achieve every single day. He said, but so many people are trying to achieve balance when you're sleeping and working. It's not set up that way. If you want to have an established family and you got to pay the bills and stuff like that. Now, maybe once you arrive to wherever that arriving is where you're financially set well, then your kids are grown and typically moved out and it's just you and the wife. And so at that point in time, you're just getting on her nerves so much that she's begging you to go to work, right? Like that's the story that I see. So I don't know, man. Like I feel like I live le- like more free knowing that and accepting that for what it is. And I, I try, like, I mean, my son now, it's really difficult because he goes to bed at eight. So I don't really get to see him every day during the week. That's tough. I'm out the door before he wakes up and I'm home usually either right before he goes to bed or right after he goes to bed. So it's really hard. Um, I think like this morning I got in a little bit later cause I was out late with my daughter at softball. I'm really active in their sports. So like softball, baseball, I'm usually at every single one of those events, but um, everything else is kind of difficult. It's kind of hard. So how do you make time for all your kids? Oh, drinking water. Go, go, go. So that's an interesting question. Um, I had a lot of time before I really get into this, you know, with the firefighting. And then I I was off for a little bit in between where I was kind of just getting started with garage door stuff. Um, so I had a lot of time and now I don't have any time, right? Um, I make the time that I have now more valuable and I think it's appreciated more. I think in some ways I think it's better. Yeah. You know, so I, when I spend the time with my kids, it, um, it's for them. It's not like, right. Like we're doing whatever, you know, so that that time, that time has more value, I think, than it did before. And it's kind of forced me to really make sure that that I make that time valuable. I think they really appreciate that. That's good. 
I mean, you can like on Saturdays, my family knows like I've got one thing all week. I'm going to sit in front of the television for four and a half hours minimum. And I'm going to watch the Georgia Bulldogs during football season. And if you can get your kids on board with that, even better. And they're good. Yeah. I mean, like they'll watch a little bit of it. Um, but you know, we'll sometimes do like cookout or I'll have my mom over and we'll get wings and we kind of make a deal of it. So my kids enjoy it. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of our thing. So that's what we do. I watch the Braves. My kids watch the Braves because I watch the Braves and they like that. Um, and they kind of how it happens, right? Yeah. They play baseball, softball, whatever. So, um, is there anything else you want to cover on the podcast that, uh, I mean, we've covered a lot. Uh, I've got some questions I'm going to ask you though. Yeah. So we have quick hitters. I've missed one or two, but I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. If I were to hand you $100,000, say, Greg, I'm investing in your company, what would you use it for? So I'd hire somebody to fill my shoes so I can start working <laughs> on the other stuff. That, honestly, that's what I would do with it. Um, okay. You know, I'd... You know, I'd invest in some of the some of the other. There's some things that I that I'd like to be able to outsource that I'm that I'm doing myself that someone else could definitely do a better job of. I just can't afford it. Right. Um. So I, I'd put some towards that, and I'd put some towards putting a full time tech on the road. Okay. What type of garage door system do you have at your house? Door and motor. Uh. So I've got a, a GD two LU with insulated glass is a panel that's not made anymore. Clo pay for those Clo of you pay, who don't yeah. know. Yeah. So um it's a R twelve point nine. It's my garage is under my house. It's only six three high. It's on low head track. And I was You can almost bump your head on that one, bro. Yeah, it's close. I was running a summer for a little bit, uh, which I really liked. The range on those is awesome. Is it? Oh my god. It's awesome. awesome. I love summer. Yeah. So I get uh, good range from my LiftMaster too, though, so I don't really pay attention to the difference. But I got a side mount at my house, so I would put a summer. I was switching to trolleys out like every year or two, yeah, uh, for different motors. But uh, since I put the side mount on, I got thirty-two inch radius side mount, powder coated tracks, hinges. Uh, I went all out. All right, all right. So, my next door will be nicer for sure, but I couldn't. I can't do an overlay because of the height. So we'll see what I can put in there. But um, for the motor, I've got an eighty-five fifty W. Um, I wanted to check out Amazon Key, which oh, yeah. currently isn't compatible with the summer. So I went back to that just to check it out. As if, if I'm going to put it in for people, if people are going to ask me questions about right. it, I kind of felt obligated to use it. Um, are you installing Soma right now? Do you sell it? Uh, not right now. No. No, we're, we're talking about it. Um, some you should. Options. Yeah. We carry LiftMaster and Soma. And Jeannie's hard after me right now, which yeah. I'm impressed with what they're doing. Well, I won the jack shaft at the, the PDA trade show, so. Oh, did you? Yeah. The 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 Jeannie one? Uh-huh. No way. I didn't so know I'm that. looking forward to trying that out. I'm, I want one. I Honestly, I, I'm not. I'm not stocking any one product for door or motor. I want, I don't know. It's getting about, to that. Yeah. Like I think the old school guys were so set on one manufacturer and I was so set on one when I came into the market and you'd like to believe that your brands are the best. Yeah. But in reality, everybody builds like that cheap piece of crap door and everybody builds the really nice door. Now, when it comes to like overlays and full view glass doors, I do think there's more of a difference, but when you're talking about like carriage stamp, for example, right? Like 
there's certain things like out of all the CHI products, I probably like the carriage stamp the least simply because it's like a recessed flat door. And occasionally I'll see the roller waving on it. Yeah. Um, where if you look at Horman, if you look at uh, Clope, if you look at, um, well, you said I'm pronouncing Horman wrong. So you guys. I was, I was told it's Herman. Herman. Yeah. I, I was told that too, but I'm going to continue to say Horman just because that's the way I'm Southern. I can do that. <laughs> um, so Horman, Clope, Amar. Um, let's see. What's the other one? I think also, uh, well, I just found out Rainer has like a flush panel, uh, like beadboard, and then they have like a raised panel beadboard, which is pretty cool. Flush panel beadboard. Yeah, it's like a, uh, it's kind of like the CHI door look like. Okay. I don't know. The rep just came here. I was really impressed with him, by the way. Almost, I was almost like, dude, you know what? Let's record this. <laughs> I almost <laughs> felt uncomfortable, but he's super knowledgeable. Uh, he told me the story about how he started in like support and worked his way up, and now he's like a regional or some type of, uh, like rep and he came in here he's from florida and he knew everything like so smart i'm not used to that so it was really nice um but i'm really impressed with that rainer product but i like the raised i call it raised carriage style uh gives it more definition than the chi door so i have like personal preferences but there are a lot of nice doors out there yeah i try not to let those like my preferences affect the customer. Well, ultimately, you, you got to give them what they're asking you for. To right. to an extent, you could sell them what you're offering. But if a customer comes to me and says, "I want this door," oh, well, if I say, "Okay, well, I offer these three brand these three brands," and they don't offer that, well, I still want to be able to sell them the door they want. Right. And DoorLink also they have like a what I consider a raised panel carriage stamp. So I like the raised panel. I think it gives more definition. Um, but when it comes to products, like I'm genuinely starting to shift away from really just loving one product. I like having the variety and being able to offer a bunch of different things. So. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting what Jim McGrath said about stocking his own hardware and just buying sections. Yeah. That's kind of cool. And I think like the manufacturers are starting to get that way anyway. Like Amar's. It, from what I understand, you can buy Amar sections dirt cheap if you become like a section dealer. Um, and I think that's kind of why they're getting away from the. I wouldn't be surprised after they make this move with the hinges that they really start to find third party distribution centers. Puts a lot more weight on the dealer, though, because now you have to find an inventory, more products instead of just buying it. It all comes with the door. It makes it easy. It does make it easy. But at the same time, I'm curious to know, is it cheaper to piece it all together by the time you pay the guys to order all the stuff, unload it, put it in the inventory, organize it? Like, are you buying all the parts separate or are you buying hardware boxes as a kit? I like, agree. And it's hard to, it's going to take a little bit of work to find that out because yeah. you can't just look at the invoice and say, okay, the hinges cost this, the tracks cost this, the door cost this. There's the a handling. lot of other costs in that. Right. So I don't know, man, like for Jim, maybe that's a good way of doing it. But for me, I'm, I'm thinking I don't want freaking 10, 15, 20, $30,000 in my warehouse. Right. But Jim's also, you know, Jim's established with it and that's the way they do it and it works right. for them and they're good at it. So for you to start it up, it's going to be a learning curve. Yeah. And I've got so many distribution centers here, dude, like so many. 
So we can go, I can hit five within a 20 mile radius of here. Right. So it's crazy. All right. So we got, we figured out what motor and door you have. Yep. And we found out that you're going to put the Somer back on soon yep. because we're a Somer show. Yep. I, li- I like it. Like I said, I just wanted to try out that Amazon key. I tried. I worked with Roman, I, and I tried to do it myself. Try to set it up, yeah. and I, I reached out to him, and he was kind of like, "Oh, it's not. You know, it's not there. We don't. We're not. It's not compatible with that." I I really do like it a lot. I like their um, key fob remotes the way they do those. I like the range. On How it. was the learning curve for you with installing it? Oh, well, I had a little help. He was there to help you. No, Matt Matt Schreier. Oh, okay. He you know he he brought he brought. Summer into his company, and so it's different. It is. It's, it's not, not that hard. it's hard. No, not it's just at all. Different. Like you just got to kind of reprogram your brain a little bit. But I love the fact that the rail is in the box, and it's for an eight foot motor, eight foot door, eight or seven. That's awesome. So you're never caught off guard. Like I can't tell you how many times we've been onto a job where you know we try to carry eight and sevens, but if you got a customer's got two or three openings and they're like, I want them all to match. I mean, yeah. you got to come back. I mean, it's just plain and simple. So right. I love, like, you wouldn't have to do that if you had, you know, three Evos on your truck. I like the way it mounts, too, because you're not restricted to wherever the power head lands. Right. Um, that slides up and down the rail. So if you need to hit the, you know, if you need to hit the rafter, wherever it is, you can slide it, put it wherever you want. Right. It's great. I don't know how, I think there's, there's a maximum too. distance you could put it from the end of the rail, I think, maybe, but. You can cut them down. Yep. You can remote mount the head. I mean, there's so it, there's so many applications you can use it for. That I've sound, I side mounted one Did on you? a glass door. How'd it work out? Really well. Yeah. We had a scenario where a lady wanted a glass door. She had a driveway that started like lower and came uphill okay. to the garage. And she didn't want people to pull up and see that big motor head. Mm-hmm. She also had an attic door in the way that she wanted to be able to access for storage um, from a trolley motor. And we literally had no side room after we installed the door. So there was no opportunity for a jack shaft. Like, I'm talking the tube was up against the wall. So the only alternative that I found that I thought would work really well would be that uh, to side mount the Somer horizontally and get the bracket yeah, well, there's a kit just for that. Yep. Yeah. And they have kits for everything. Yeah. I bought the kit for the swinging doors just in case. Well, I sold one, so I bought two kits. Um, and uh, that's just a really cool feature. It does a ton of things that other other companies can't do. Yeah. And they're prepared for it. So it's not like you're rigging it. Yeah. These are like parts that they made for it. Look, they're not even paying for this. I should hit. I should hit <laughs> you should. You should ask him. Anyway, so listen. At least uh, the free motor or something. Yeah, I'm excited Roman, about spinning the. Yeah, <laughs> free motors. Actually, let me give Roman a shout out. So you know, I won the. Um, I'm gonna be interviewing him. I think next week or in the next week or two. Uh, I will probably discuss this on there, but he. Um, you know why I love Roman? He found out that about the program that we had where we won the humanitarian award, um, where we give motors and doors and stuff away either for free or a heavy discount. He came to me and was like, Hey man, he's like, uh, this was the IDA expo. That's really cool. What you guys do. He said, we want to be a part of it. He said, when we have these trade shows, he said, you know, we can't sell these motors because we've already opened them up and kind of hung them and used them. He said, but these are perfect for giving away for your customers who cool. are going through a hard time. I didn't time. know that. That's awesome. So he, yeah, he gave them to yeah. us. 
And I was like, bro, are you serious right now? Like that meant a lot. And so not only did I not have to like fly those home with me, he actually drove them jokers down and gave them to me from Virginia. Like what's in it for him? You know what I'm saying? Like he's just a genuinely good guy. He is. And and he's a, and he's a tech. And so when you're dealing with a company and you have questions, you got your sales guy there, there's stuff they don't even know. Right. You know, about their own product. Right. And, you know, much less how to install it. Right. Yeah. He's been here and taught my guys how to install. Yeah. I love it. So, well, thank you, bro. I'm excited about the next few days and what it's going to be like for you down here. Yeah. I know today we got all day together and tomorrow, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to spend a ton of time together, but uh, I'll probably have you ride with one of my guys. Looking forward to it. For a little bit. And then then you can hit the road. And that's going to be the best day because it's supposed to be like 70 degrees. Yeah. So it's going to be yeah. like your back. Yeah, home. I'm glad. I'm glad it's going to cool off a little <laughs> bit. Be out. Nice sitting in the air conditioning right now. Well, thanks for coming down and doing the podcast with us. And is there anything else you want to give a shout out? Uh, the kids, the wife? Yeah, my, definitely. I have my wife and kids for sure. My wife's home right now. I know I said she's eight months pregnant. So I'm, I'm fortunate. Luckily, you know, luckily she's let me do stuff like this. Um, you know, definitely my kids. I'm proud of them. Um, you know, thankful for my parents. I've been able to to lean on them a lot through this whole process yeah and uh and your boy austin too man it was fun meeting him and seeing what he's doing behind the scenes he's good thanks austin yeah he's good at what he does so and i couldn't do it without him he's huge uh huge help so thanks for coming on i hope you guys enjoyed the show um obviously we are trying to give you guys a variety of different shows from different types of people um i hope you guys see that we are doing some planning for season two And I'm really excited about what's coming up for that. Stay tuned. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, whether it be Spotify, iTunes, Google, doesn't matter. You can go there, subscribe. And we're not going to ask you for any money, but what we will ask you for is a review. Go on there, give us uh, a star rating, give us uh, some comments, and uh, that will help our podcast grow. And so um, it's a it's a venture. We invest a lot into it and planning and effort. We're not trying to make a big profit off of it, but we've got to be able to fund it. We do have sponsors. Sometimes it doesn't cover all the expenses, but the thing that you can do to help us support it is share it with your friends and give us reviews on your favorite podcast platform. We really appreciate it. Oh, one more thing. Don't forget to like our Facebook page, Torsion Talk Podcast. Have a wonderful day. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I'm Hannah with Such and Such Media. Our team specializes in garage door marketing, so make sure to visit us at garagedoormarketing.co.